This episode of Channel My News is for information only. Please do your own research before making any investment decision or alternatively seek advice from a registered financial advisor. G'day ladies and gents, Matty Michael here. Life of Mine podcast is back. I've had my little uh, one month hiatus, uh, ingesting a lot of food and alcohol, treating myself for a bit of a breather, a family holiday, camping trip, feel absolute dog shit, but I am uh, on the health kick now, currently fasting and that in line with Life of Mine starting full time. As of today, this is the first episode. It's bloody exciting. Nerve-wracking shitting myself as well, but very exciting. Let's see what this has to bring. So, let me tell you what's going to be happening. This is the plan. The plan with no plan. Each day, each weekday that I can, which will hopefully be most of them, each weekday I will release a bit of a Channel Mine news now, it's either going to be with people, but most of them are going to be me giving a bit of a rundown on the macro side of things, a few mining stories, uh, go over some announcements by some companies, look to get on people from those companies or funds, uh, investor relations people. I'm sure the uh, lads at Corporate Storytime and Precision Funds Management will love to be called at random moments to give a bit of insight on what's going on in the market. So beware, Andy Clayton, you will be getting called. Not today. But that's the plan. Bit of a rundown, hopefully 10, 15 minutes, 25, who knows, depends how much news there is. Start of the week will be probably a bigger one. And the aim is because you go through all your emails, all your subscriptions and the new all the news centres for mining info, you have to, you know, scrolling through your emails and it takes a bloody lot of time to read it all and you have to either go hide on the shitter to do it or you can't even do it while you're in the car. So my aim is to summarise everything that's been going on via a podcast so you can actually do something else while you're listening to it and it'll just give you the update of all the hot topics and what's going on. You can listen to it in your car. You don't have to stop to read it. So... That is the idea of this new version of Channel Mine News Daily. How exciting. How exciting. So, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Monday, the, what are we? 5th of December. Christmas coming soon. Here we go. Channel Mine News, right. I see. Now, I'm not editing it either. So, I'm just, whatever comes out, comes out. I'm not fucking around with heaps of notes and or scripts and everything. There is notes. But. I'm not going to be stringent on every bloody bit of pronunciation and making it perfect because I just don't have the bloody time. It's a pretty time-consuming thing to do this, so I'm going to give it a crack. This is the first one, so this will be definitely the shittest. It's going to be better there, but no one else is doing it, so whatever. Right, let's go. ASX 200, as of this morning in my notes, 73.20, up 21 points. Now, this is a big climb from... 64.50 it was sitting at back in mid-October. 73 is up, 700. ASX 200, even after all the shit that's gone on this year with inflation and, and wars, we're actually up year to date. 
Now, inflation. Inflation. That's where it's all at at the moment. The inflation data for October showed annual CPI dropping from 7.3% to 6.9%. That's year on year. So target is 25 to 3%, the RBA wants. Pretty sure. Feel free to correct me on any of this. But um, now, UK... US, they're all going to shit with inflation, especially UK. They're all essentially saying they're in or going to be in recession, which is two quarters of negative growth. Whereas Australia, probably the typical Australian attitude is like, yeah, she'd be right, mate, all good. But I did hear the other day, a reason why Australia responds to rising interest rates better than most countries is that we have a higher amount of variable rate mortgages. Um, and even people that are on fixed mortgages here, they're usually for a short period, but mostly are variable. So rises in interest rates have a quicker effect on lowering inflation in the Australian economy. So that is, I'm not, it's a bit of a vague assumption, but I'm pretty sure that is one reason why Australia is responding better. Uh, now, Aussie dollar, 68.2 US cents, down 0.3%, significantly up from the lows of 62 cents in October. Gold, gold, tinkering around the $1,800 US an ounce, which is 26.40 Aussie dollars an ounce. So obviously with money coming out of the US dollar, it will be heading back into the gold price. Iron ore, 107 bucks US a ton. Now that's rallying over the US $100 uh 100 bucks a ton mark on hopes china is moving forward towards further easing of its zero covid policy so then then i did hear something today that they might ease the covid policy but that might cause the whole bloody everything to ramp back up flat out again with iron ore and production and everything and it'll inflate everything again anyway so yes who who knows it might be back in the same situation maybe not copper 80 8342 bucks a US a ton up 1.5% but that's up from 7445 back in October. Nickel also 27135 bucks US a ton up 0.8%. So a bit of a rise for the old battery metals at the moment. Up from uh now that's up from 21000 bucks a ton in October so going good there. Uh Brent oil 85 bucks US a barrel. Coal, coal, shit. Jesus Christ, you wish you owned some coal at the moment. 385 bucks US a ton. Now, just to show you how good bloody coal's done these days, 80 bucks a ton at the start of 2021. Now, that's the Newcastle Coal Futures. 80 bucks a ton. So $385 US a ton. So convert that to Aussie dollars. That's why they're bloody making Whitehaven and that have gone up shitloads. They've got that much free cash. They're selling coal around 500 bucks a ton. So they are laughing. Now, good old friends, we can't leave out Bitcoin. 17,160 bucks US, which is down 64% year to date from 47,500 US dollars. So Bitcoin, geez, the old, uh, yeah, and especially with the old FTX crash uh, and every other bloody exchange that was using FTX, crypto definitely ain't the flavor anymore. Will it come back? Who will know? But if you if it does, you will hear about it on Channel More News. Now, what's coming up this week? RBA rates decision tomorrow, Tuesday the 6th. First Tuesday of each month is the RBA cash rate decision. Last one of the year. Now, we're currently sitting at 2.85%. Economists, which is like 
Now, let's remember, all these economists guess, but no one really knows what the fuck's going to happen, but they can all guess. So, And sometimes they're all bloody wrong, but who knows? Uh, they've penciled in a quarter, a quarter point rise, so that'll go from... Uh, that'll go up to 3.1% if it's a 25 basis points. And now that remember, that's gone from 0.1% to possibly 3.1% tomorrow in just seven months. Now, I read an article in the Fin Review stated that at 3.85%, which is, I think, their, what their target is they're aiming for, um, possibly with after next year, uh, monthly repayments on a 25-year loan of 500,000 bucks, they would have in that will increase based on what it was originally by a thousand bucks a month in repayments. Now, $750,000 mortgage that is an extra $1,587 a month, and a one million dollar mortgage, $2,117. That was according to comparison website Rate City. So. That shows how much that these interest rates have gone. No, our bloody repayments are bloody doubled um, because our interest rates over doubled. So our interest portion is over doubled. Um, yeah, so definitely hurting a lot of people. But that is why we, they should have bloody raised them earlier pretty much. was the long and the short of it. Now it's all very rapid. So there's the macro side for you. Just tune in for the rate decision. Save a bit of bloody cash because your uh, mortgages uh, will be going up because as soon as that bastard is announced, the banks for them rate increases on. Righto, let's get on to some specific mining news. What's been happening? So there's been a fire at Independence Group's Nova Operations, IGO the ticker. Now, read this from the announcement. In the early hours of Saturday, Fire damage the 10 megawatt Nova power station, which is owned and operated by Zenith Energy. Now, ERT, the rescue rangers, attended immediately, able to isolate and extinguish the fire, and no injuries and all personnel are safe. So that's very good news. Good work, rescue rangers. Obviously coming off hot from the uh, Merck ERT event the other weekend. So all operations at Nova are currently suspended, and the fire was contained into the diesel engine room which was extensively damaged, so that's uh, bloody essentially fucked. Uh, no damage to other infrastructure. Now, they're current, as they're currently suspended, they're working hard to re-establish power, and this will be staged So the mobilize, with the mobilisation of power generators to site. So subject to permitting and approval receipt, uh, mining operations are anticipated to recommence in two weeks. That'll be underground mining. Uh while restoration of the full power supply to operate the processing facility is expected to take approximately four weeks. Now, let's give you a bit of uh, scale on, bit of context on how big Nova is uh, to for IGO. Um, now, according to a mining news article, RBC Capital Markets values Nova at $1.3 billion or 11% of IGO's group nest asset value. Now, Nova accounts for about up to 15 to 20% of the IGO's FY23 operating cash flow and EBITDA. So 20, 15, 20%, that's a bit of bloody coin. Now, the RBC analyst quoted, for every month Nova is not in production, we estimate EBITDA in free cash flow to be reduced by about 50 to $70 million per month. Or three to four percent for FRI twenty three. 
So that's a bit of coin, bit of coin. So they need to get that back up and run and say, yeah, if she's down for, for a month, you can expect free cash flow to reduce by up to $70 million. Now, they were re-rating, uh, redoing their guidance come FY23 guidance come January due to, I think it was lower copper output. So it's obviously copper, nickel mine, um, multi-element. So yeah, stay tuned for that. They are currently trading end of the day, $15.55 down 4.85%. So that's what's happening there. Right, next one, Hancock Prospecting. Oh, Gina has uh, pumped a bit of money into Arafura Rare Earths. Ticket ARU. Now they're trading at forty-one cents, down six point eight percent, as low as thirty-eight cents today, due to the uh, capital raise. Right, let's go over the Nolan's project. It's located just north of Alice Springs. She's a big bloody humdinger, huge, thirty-eight year mine life in the uh, DFS. Now this is thirty-eight year mine life. Uh, Pre-production capital and contingency totals uh, $1.59 billion Aussie dollars. I'll do this all in Aussie dollars. $1.59 billion pre-production capital. Uh, now, the NPV of this, $2.35 or $2.36 billion. $2.36 billion Aussie dollars NPV and a internal rate of return of 19.3%. So that's uh, probably IRs a bit lower than most because of the high, very high capital number. Um, so obviously, the higher the internal rate of return, the better the investment, the better the better payback of your capital. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. So someone can please butt in here. When you look up, uh, the internal rate of return is what the discount rate has to be for the MPV to be zero. Uh, but my is the layman terms explanation. The IRR is. Yeah, percent margin you get each year on your capital investment, profit margin on your capital investment. So that's that's the way I understand it. Feel free to for someone to correct me on that. Um, but yeah, and obviously the higher the MPV, the higher. So it's a big long project, thirty-eight year mine life. So she's a big humdinger. Right, yeah, nice and friggin' hot too in uh, in Alice Springs. Now they let's go over the. Key bits of it, Nolan's only advanced fully permitted auto oxide project of scale outside China for this NDPR, which I cannot pronounce. Um, they've just done a cornerstone binding offtake agreement with Hyundai and Kia, non-binding MOU with GE Renewable Energy. Uh, now, this is for the supply. I'll go into that offtake a bit later. Um, strong economics with 68% increase in MPV to $2.4 billion and Average five hundred seventy-three million annual EBITDA and an NDR price of one hundred and thirty bucks a kilo US. Now, so that was obviously in US dollars. Now, the but the long-term outlook of price is extremely robust for this NDPR. Uh, now, with the upside case MPV delivering a four point two Aussie dollar billion, four point two billion dollar Aussie uh, NPV. That is at a US pro, US dollar price of 190 bucks a kilo for this uh, unpronounceable rare earth. So it's probably very easy, but sorry about that. So uh, the debt process process is underway with Societe Generale 
and NAB underpinned. Uh, so they're obviously in the process trying to find the uh, capital for this. So on track for commencing procurement and construction in early 2023. Keep an eye on Ara So and they've just signed a binding off-take agreement with Hyundai and Kia. And that represents, represents supply commitment for approximately 40% of the 85% annual planned production. So, and it's A for initial seven year term. So, she's all go there. Gina, go Gina. Now, last one, one I'm found on no news Orcorp. Orcorp. Jeez, I should have checked the bloody ticker on Orcorp. O R R. O R R. Now, they were up. They're up 16.5% today on no news. They were up, uh, so they're trading at 49 cents, up 16.5. They were at 65 cents, which was up 50% in early trade on no news. So something going on behind the scenes there or someone's literally having a massive punt. I'll see uh, Wilson Asset Management uh, ceased being a substantial holder the other week. There's about 29 million shares or something, something like that. Um the other day, let me get that right, so I don't go bloody ceasing to be a substantial holder from Wham. Uh, on on market sale, twenty five million shares, nine million bucks on market sale the other day. So on the twenty fifth, so yeah, something going on behind the scenes. Someone's uh, someone's loading up on Orcorp. Now let's tell you about Orcorp. They have the another one I probably can't bloody pronounce right. Uh, Nianzaga. Gold project in Tanzania. So it's in the Lake Victorian gold fields of Tanzania. Uh, now it is the project is the tenement is owned by Scotter Mining Corporation Limited, SMCL. And now Orcorp holds an 84% interest through its wholly owned subsidiary, subsidiary Nianzaga Mining Company Limited. And the government of Tanzania holds a sixty percent free carrot, sixteen percent free carrot interest. So essentially, Orcorp own eighty four percent of this project. Um, now she's gold mine, two hundred forty two thousand ounces per annum over the first ten years of the project, and it does peak at uh, two hundred ninety five thousand ounces. Now, long life of mine, ten point seven years. Um, it is. They did mention they expect to exceed the life of mine considerably with proving up further resource uh low cost high margin all in sustaining cost us dollars 954 bucks an ounce 474 million pre-production capital npv 618 million bucks us and in irr total rate of return of 25 percent. so there you go better irr than the arafura jobby and that's at us 1750 bucks an ounce and it's at 1800 at the moment so payback period 3.7 years i think about half of it's open pit half of it is underground there we go go matt uh now maiden probable or reserve stated it this was that was done at a us 1500 bucks an ounce so the Nianzaga open pit and the Kilimani open pit, they comprise of 27 million tonne. So just the Nianzaga is 25 million tonne at 1.35 grams uh, for 1.1 million ounces. And the Nianzaga underground, 12.4 million tonne at 3.57 gold uh, grams a tonne for 1.4 million ounces. So 
yeah, so more obviously more ounces for the underground for the higher grade. Um, but the open pit that'll be a good little cash generator, I assume, because I'll be able to rip her out nice and quick, nice and easy. So, uh, their total ore reserve 40 million tonne at two grams per tonne gold and for 2.6 million ounces. So, that's what's happened. So, keep an eye out. Well, they must be uh, they must be up to something, or there's some something going on there because uh, they've been a lot of a uh, big jump in trade today. So discussions have commenced with potential credit funds, royalty and stream providers as complementary funding sources to develop Nianzaga. They have uh, received indicated debt funding proposals for the development and construction with non-binding expressions of interest from European, African and Tanzanian banks for more than $400 million US, well in excess of the $300 million debt target. So there we go. That's it. Our last one wasn't as good for all court, but we'll get a bit of flow. All the info's there. I'll chop a bit of bloody stuff out. But yeah, there you go. Hope you enjoyed the first one. I'll pump one out again tomorrow. Uh, it'll be a bit shorter. This one took me bloody ages because I had to set up me, you know, template and where to get all the info from correctly. But I reckon she's going to be on like Donkey Kong tomorrow. So, look, if you're keen to bloody even come on and get involved or you might even want to sponsor it or you want your company's uh, stuff read out, give us a buzz. Give us a buzz. Happy to uh, meet some new people in the mining industry. I'm all ears. Matt at lifemindpodcast.com. Give us a buzz. Right up, everyone stay safe out there. Cheers.